To the All Things Them Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to the All Things Them Podcast, a radio program that is designed to educate, inform, and impact teenagers, their parents, and their teachers in every way. My name is Akitunde Ido. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here, and always so glad that you're here. On this podcast, we will talk about hot button topics that are important to you hopefully and they should be important to you we also bring engaging guests with compelling stories which will challenge you encourage you inform you and the people in your life in a tremendous way this is a great show and we're going to have a great time in that case let's get party started Hello, All Things Then family. Welcome to another wonderful weekend of the All Things Then podcast, where you're going to gain um, wonderful insights that can really help you um, navigate um, the journey you have ahead. And truthfully, um, the year is coming um, to an end, and this is December, and it's such a wonderful um, time to wish you a Merry Christmas in advance. Um, today we have um, a wonderful speaker with us um, with um, Dr. Bayo Adekombi and I'll be reading his um, profile in a minute. Um, Olu Bayo is an award-winning business and digital innovation executive who combines business and technical skills in conceptualizing and implementing business, commercial and analytical strategy. He combines 20 years of cognate industry experience in digital innovation, strategy, marketing, and data science or analytics from the two largest economies in Africa, namely Nigeria and South Africa. He is a hands-on data scientist actively participating in global data science projects on Cargo.com and currently ranks number one on the Data Science Dojo project. He has a patent on final approval in the USA for a data science product on social pricing recommender software for low-income prepared telecommunication users using on-called code numbers modeling. He graduated with distinction from the University of Reading Postgraduate School, United Kingdom, and has also had both full-time and executive education in many other leading institutions, including Columbia Business School, New York, the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, Chicago, INSEAD Business School, France, Telecoms Training Institute, London, and ETH Zurich, Switzerland, and University of Kentucky, USA. Bio is a hands-on technology leader who was awarded the prestigious MTN Yellow Manager Award for the, conceptualizing, for the conceptualization of an AI-powered customer value risk management framework, which led to multi-billion Naira revenue growth. He practices data science as a professional and also supports the development of talents in this space. He is 
the founder and lead consultant at Data Science Nigeria, non-profit, an organization that has trained over 500,000 students via online and face-to-face -face channels. He's the author of the first AI book for kids in Africa titled Beginner's Artificial Intelligence and Python Programming for Kids. He's recognized by the US-based Corinium Intelligence as one of the top 100 global innovators in data and analytics. Is a recognized authority in technology ecosystem development, artificial intelligence for social good, business strategy, innovation management, business transformation, data science, business intelligence, and marketing. Bio is an expert in share, sharing economy and has published a book titled The Future is Shared, Share Premiership and Sharing Economy for Emerging Markets which provides a template for emerging markets. Bayer is a researcher in artificial intelligence slash data science and has co-authored, published and presented many peer-reviewed academic papers at global AI conferences like NeurIPS, ICLR, AAAI, CVPR and others. Ladies and gentlemen, um, please welcome um, to today's podcast, um, Dr. Bayer. Adekombi. Um, Dr. Bayo will be sharing his insights. Um, he will be showing us his career journey and will be sharing some counsel um, with us, um, especially with the teenagers and young people, you know, far and wide um, on how to navigate their career, how to make decisions and many other things like that. So stay tuned. Thank you very much, sir. Um, sir, you, you're a notable personality. Um, mm -hmm. How did you couch a niche for yourself in your career? Okay, um, I, I think um, when we talk about um, notable personality, uh, first I need to say that we are who we are by the grace of God. Um, I think God is the, I don't, I don't even think it is, God is our source, uh, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Um, so uh, our ability to achieve anything in our career is actually a manifestation of the grace and the gifting of God. Uh, because the gift of God is given to every man to profit uh, without, and that is what people may see and say, oh, this person is smart, is brilliant, he has achieved a lot. They are only evidence of the grace of God in the life of a man. Um, so when it comes to how have you therefore couched a niche for yourself, uh, or I've couched a niche for myself, it's likely, uh, you know, the God factor, uh, the quest to live the purpose of my maker. Uh, when we realize that we are called to be salt, of the earth and light of the world uh, it gives us a sense of responsibility and a sense of assignment that we have um, a great responsibility to our generation uh, so in living that life you may create a path you may be able to you may create a path that others may follow uh, you may create things that becomes uh, like a lighthouse for others to navigate their way through their destinations. 
so but the fundamental is that everything is a derivative of the grace and mercy of god that is evident in the life of a man but of course apostle paul told us that i did not receive the grace of god in vain i labored more exceedingly than they all so what is the point that i'm proving i'm trying to establish in answering the question there are two sides god has called each of us to fulfill the purpose for which he has invested the right grace abilities competence treasure in us to be able to fulfill and manifest his you know his, his goodness to the world uh, just like jesus he went about doing good so there is a level of goodness that god wants each of us to achieve number two there's a part of each and every one of us to labor and how do you labor in the contemporary world you labor through, uh, you labor through, uh, you labor through education. So you continue to be the cutting edge of learning. Um, I have a principle: in the area of my specialization, I must know everything. Hmm. But in other areas that are tangential or irrelevant, I must know something. So the principle is: I know something about everything, but I know everything about yeah, some yeah. about one thing. You know, which for me is a principle of learning uh, that it's so important. Learning is also not just in a structured academic environment or gaining certificate. Learning can also be in form of men or being mentored or having the right role models whose path uh, inspire, shape, and help you to get to where you're going. And sometimes you become, you know, you subscribe to learning without thinking of any. You know, I recall when I wanted to start my journey into data uh, many years ago. Uh, the first place I took like an internship, I didn't collect money because that was not the objective. The objective was I needed to build my software and statistics skill, knowing that I did not finish in school with those disciplines. So I had to pay the sacrifice. I was not expecting money. I gave more and the company got to a point and said, oh boy, we need to start giving you something. So, there is that path of you being very intentional. So, essentially, it's a combination of two things. Uh, the path of God and, of course, the path of yourself, which helps you to be distinct, uh, which helps you to, become, to stand out. And this, uh, you know, I believe this is a Christian. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, agrees with, uh, you know, sees that a man that is diligent in his business. You will not stand before mere men. You will stand before kings. And that is where it comes in. And if you are going to stand before kings, you must be able to speak language. You must have the competence, capacity, capability that will position you to stand where it matters. And that's why uh, being a Christian is not a reason why you should be lazy. You must be able to... It's a two-edged sword. The God factor will always be there. But you must labor. Build the right knowledge either through academic learning, professional learning, through mentorship, being with the right people, uh, being in the right association, where you are continuously refined and fine-tuned uh, so that you are able to manifest the full expression of, of what you have in your quest to fulfill your purpose on earth. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, I would like to ask, whose career actually inspires you and what inspires you about them? Um, when we say career of people that have inspired me, I think they are at the early stage of my life. I didn't really 
perhaps have any role model maybe because of how i grew up so everybody we saw when we were growing up were either military people who are far away or just people in the neighborhood so would you may not even want to relate with or see as role model but i think as i grew up and i built my professional um, you know there were certain people that i saw maybe because of the innovation they've done uh, particularly if i look at the amazon founder if i look at microsoft founder uh, i've seen quite a lot in terms of focus tenacity big picture uh, but um but in terms of uh, you know uh, a, 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 a path that blends uh, my, my, my faith uh, and uh, and career path uh, is a company in the U.S. Uh, is a sanitary, you know, that they don't open on Sundays, mm. you know, and when you go there, they are, they are partly Christian, you know, they they are partly Christian. That shapes my opinion that indeed uh, you mm. can be uh, you can be a child of God and at the same time build a great career. So uh, I look for I look for those kind of people in the business communities, uh, you know, as people that I want to I, know, I try to relate with, so that as much as possible we try to create a new standard of godliness. That indeed it is possible to serve God and yet I still maintain professional quality. No. Thank you, sir. Uh, so when you're about to make decisions, yeah, what is the um, process you take okay. you know when you when making decisions uh decision making for me is first and foremost uh i like to have full mastery of what i'm trying to address mm. i don't i don't like uh partial information i don't make assumptions i don't uh, i don't i i want full facts because you cannot make decision and you later realize that you have missed some of the most critical points. Uh, you have gone 90% into something before you realize. For example, you want to build a house and uh, that you, know, you didn't know the owner of the land, you have bought the land, you know, a few documents you are supposed to check, you didn't check it. Or the fact that you have not done your proper soil test and all that and you have wasted, you have done 90% of the building before you realize. So for me, decision making has critical impact on what we become in life whether a business whether an individual a church a community so therefore there's a need to have all the facts but there's also a place of the fact that sometimes some of the things that are presented to us are not total facts so which means that you also need the truth and most of the time the truth comes by inspiration so when you have all this then you move to the point of inspiration, something I call inspired brilliance, where you're able to look at all the facts and say, what are the best options that are available? Some people call it strategic options, and you must be very intentional about it. I'm going to from A to B. There might be 10 ways to get there. And in finding the best path, you need some level of inspiration. And some of this inspiration may be from your gut feel, I might be from your informed intelligence uh, based on what you have built over the years. And of course, I always subscribe to Job 32. There's a spirit in man and it's the inspiration of the Almighty giving them understanding that they could also have that, that spark of grace in you 
that helps you to say option A is more costly than B. If you go for C, I might put a challenge on us. D is not optimal. E is the best option. So when you are clear uh, with the best option, you also now need to weigh the risk of your option. The best option is the option that you already know what it's going to cost you. So the fact that, oh, I want to go to a university. Okay, which university? I can school in Nigeria. I can go to the UK. I can go to Canada. I can go to the US. Oh, and you now decide I'll go to Canada. Okay, nice one. Nice option you have taken. But you don't complete the decision until you have looked at the risk. Because sometimes risk provides us a buffer, a recheck, and a way to validate the assumptions that drove the decision. So in that regard, you're asking yourself, okay, now that I want to go to Canada, can I survive the weather? Especially at times that it might go to minus five degrees, minus this. You know, and then you list out all the risks. And then you ask yourself, is this something I can manage or not? And if not, then you have to consider your other options. So when you know your risk, that is when we say decision is, is ready. You know, uh, you know, if you have not yet quantified your risk, then you have not yet decided. Yeah, and in any company, that's it. That's it. You know, when a company is deciding, we want to expand, we want to buy a new land, we want to buy another company. After you have, oh, we buy this company, we are going to double our growth. You know, we're going to have access to new market. We're going to have access to more talent and all that. At the end of the day, you check the risk. Hmm. This company has this legal whatever with this person, and you know, the liability will be transferred to us. Uh, this company, you know, has some staff who have spent many years and their culture may be different from ours. If you want them to go, it may cost us some money. So you have to quantify your risk. So we say you have not decided until you have gotten to that point of evaluating your risk. It is when you have evaluated your risk against your strategic alternative based on valid facts and evidence, then we say you have made a problem. And that's the approach that I use consistently for my decision. Awesome. How about when um, you're not sure about the decisions you want to make? Um, how do you how do you go about it? When I'm not sure of the decision that I want to make, and I tell you that is where point number one comes in, of fact finding, evidence building, uh, perhaps that is even where uh, the starting point is, because sometimes if you have not sorted your point one well, then you may not even know. Uh, what we are talking about so it becomes very very critical that as much as possible uh that point number one uh is 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 well clarified where you where you are very very clear you know about where you are going but sometimes like you have rightly said you are not you are not sure of what is the best decision as a child of god i don't subscribe to playing game of chance with your life uh, because our life is too precious to be joked with so for that reason we have to subscribe to the place of divine leading i strongly believe that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the lord so for that reason you need to go to the one who sees beyond you you need to go to the one who declares the end from the beginning that's an interesting way to describe god he knows the end therefore he comes to start with you and that's why he guarantees us an expected end. Why? Because he has seen the end before he starts the journey. So he knows where it's going to end. 
So Christians, young uh, teenagers, youth, uh, single or married, uh, must never uh, discount uh, the place of divine leading when we are confused and overwhelmed uh, on the path to take when it comes to decision making. Yeah. Because God is interested in every single decision we make. If God knows the number, the strand of hair that each of us carry, then I believe that God is interested uh, in everything we do. Yes, God is detailed, yes. Thank you, sir. Um, what are the um, routine habits that you you build every day or that you participate in every day that has really shaped you into who you are today? Okay, great. Um, I think my my uh, what they call uh, there's a book called Atomic Habits. Uh, very little little things that we do every day that cumulatively add up to shaping uh, who we are. Some people call it daily rituals, uh, daily customs. Uh, it's what shape all of us. Uh, for me, my approach is always start with God, uh, knowing that that is the source. Never joke with the privilege of you wake up in the morning and you spend time with your maker because that is where you draw grace from. Uh, try and clearly articulate how you want the day to end. Don't allow the day to shape you, shape the day. Own the day, own the moment. Uh, don't allow moment to own you because you know, I, and I also want to advise young people, this idea of waking up and starting your life with your phone. You know, that's why when I go to bed, I put on my phone. I don't wake up to my phone. Yeah. I see a lot of young people, the first thing they hold in the morning is their phone. Not even prayer. They give a lot of excuses. Oh, I want to see Bible. They don't touch your phone. Do everything you are meant to do in the day. Come to your day with a clear mind. With clear plan before you come to your phone. You know, don't start your day with your phone. What have people said? You go on your WhatsApp. What have people sent to me? You know, you go on Facebook and all those kind of things. Your emails, they've already shook your mind. You cannot think. Set your day, own your day, articulate the path to fulfilling your day before you start checking your phone. Even sometimes after I've had my bait ready for the day, dressed up okay let's check the phone i said okay somebody said this okay good 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 and i reply and of course i document my day daily journaling is a discipline that helps us to be in control so and i do that most like i do that for example every sunday i plan my week what are the major things i must achieve this week and of course i break them into days and i break them into hours you know, and that's why even if I am in traffic, the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes in traffic is for me is an opportunity. Whether I'm listening to something, whether I'm reading a book or something, because it's part of my deliverable. So uh, seizing every moment is very critical. And, uh, uh, and, and of course, time with your family. You know, as a married man, having time with my wife is very, very important to catch up. And of course, in the midst of all that, time to also relax. I do two things. Is that I do work or sit down with my wife and we watch television together. Find a Christian movie, uh, a documentary, and we watch it together. Chat and discuss. And of course, children as well, having a moment to catch up. Uh, pray, not just praying with them, which is standard, study with them. But of course, also having that time to catch up. And of course, 
Uh, the last but not the least is also the family payout altar. It's an integral call that uh, is very, very important. That at the end of each day, the family must come together uh, to be able to you know, reflect on the day. Uh, and of course, uh, the one other part of my uh, habit is in uh, touching base with people. I always have that, you know, uh, people that have not seen in a while, check up on them, you know, and all those kind of things. And I try to be cycles around those things. People that I must call once in three days, one, once in one week, so that at all times, one is just abreast of important things. Thank you, sir. Um, what were the major books that really transformed you or that really shaped um, yourself? <laughs> major books. The one and the, the most critical word, of course, is the Bible. And then there are two books I read as a young believer. You know, the two books I read as a young believer, uh, one of it by a man called Watchman Nee, uh, The Release of the Spirit. Uh, Watchman Nee uh, was a Chinese missionary who was imprisoned. And he wrote a lot of things. He was a man that had great dealings of God. So as a young believer, I read the book uh, and it gave me a view of how God makes us what he wants us to be. Uh, and one of the extensions of the book is called Brokenness, that our life can only count for anything if God takes it over, breaks it, bless it, and then uses it to serve other people. The same way Jesus did when he was given bread. He broke it, he blessed it, and he served it. That sometimes God needs to break us, break us from our past, break us from our ambition, break us from our sense of self. I'm a smart guy. You know, God needs to break us and work in us. That book did a lot in my life as a young teenager and it prepared me for so many major shakings that happened at the early stage of my life as a young believer. Uh, the second book uh, by uh, Robert Leadon, uh, God's General, uh, is another great book that really, really transformed my life. Uh, you know, reading through men who made great impact for God at different times. And I tell you, those principles are applicable uh, in every uh, sphere of life. I think the third book that I'll talk about is, uh, I don't know whether it's Jewish metamorphosis, uh, Jewish metamorphosis, I've forgotten it, but it's a book that talks about how Jewish became the most prosperous set of people on earth. Irrespective of where a Jewish man finds himself, even if it's an, even if it's a desert, they will make it a palace. Is it the Jewish phenomenon? Jewish phenomenon, yeah, that's a book. It's a book that demonstrated to me the commitment of God, covenant commitment of God to prosperity of people, which demonstrates excellence, leadership, and God's factor in the greatness of every man. So, of course, after reading that, I could find parallels in some of the other books I've read in terms of great people in the business world. I read, the, you know, I, I watch and I read a lot on... Uh, the other one is actually not a book. It's a, uh, The Greatest Men That Built America. The Men That Built America. It's a movie. You know, it's like a documentary. I watch a lot of documentaries, especially historical documentaries. Uh, you know, a lot. And I buy a lot of those series, particularly for the children. Uh, to really see how people live their life, the bandwidth, uh, including you know Apple, 
you know, Microsoft, Alibaba, you know, all those great men have read majority of their books, you know, where I look through their journey. You know, Elon Musk, his life book and all that. I've read a lot of those books. You know, it demonstrates uh, discipline, can do, you know, sense of focus, uh, sense of commitment to big picture. And that's one thing that I commit, uh, consistent that I've seen among these guys. So these are some of the books I can remember, you know, but I did quite a lot because uh, you must stand on the shoulder of uh, giants to see further and further. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, what are the core values that things should actually hold on to or that they should have you know, in order to have a Christ-driven and a sustainable life? I, I, I think one of the greatest values uh, that I'm going to bring to the young people today is values of leadership. Mm. It looks common. Leadership is not being at the top of other people. No. Leadership starts from leading yourself. Waking up in the morning and committing to a path. You know some people, they will just say, oh, my, my phone, beep. And I open my phone. All I just want to do is to see the SMS that was sent to me. Before they know it, they spend two hours on that phone. Moving from one Instagram image to TikTok, wasted two hours. That person is not leading himself or herself. Leading starts with leading yourself. Leading yourself is controlling, managing, guiding yourself to do the right thing and the right time to get the right result. Leading others is also very important. But most of the time, the best way you lead others is to be a role model to others. And I tell you, those are two critical things that are missing in our generation today. Follow me, but what will they follow? There is nothing. So, uh, it's leadership is a, a value that is, is, is missing. Number two is respect. Um, we always say, honor thy father and thy mother that your days may be long. It's also one value that we are losing today. Respect, honor, you know, people that God has placed ahead of us, spiritually and physically, and even intellectually. And be able to derive grace from them. You know, when Paul said, be your followers of me as I'm a follower of Christ. Because he has seen what we have not seen. He has heard what we have, we have not heard. He has taught what we have not touched. It's painful to that many young people are not teachable. They are not willing to learn. They will just tell you, I will Google it. There are certain things you cannot Google. You have to submit yourself to learning under the tutelage of an expert. And it takes some respect and honor. You cannot learn from a file. You have to submit. Because you must, the person you're going to learn from must be a man you can look up to. If it's a man you look down on, you can learn. Mm. So many of the young people today, oh, he's not sophisticated, he's not on the internet, he's not smart, he's not this, he's not, he doesn't even have a laptop. He doesn't. So you look down on them. So people you look down, you cannot learn from. Among many, uh, and the third one is sincerity and honesty of art. Is one thing that is missing in our generation. Openness and transparency. There's so much deceit, pretense in our generation. Young men know they know what they are planning and they will just be looking for validation here and there. It's pretense. It's chameleonish behavior. This is your path. Follow your path. Don't look for endorsement and you know your plan. You know what you want to achieve. Follow your path. Don't seek 
and be playing camouflage and all that. It's so common among this generation. They know what they want to do, but they will just be stylishly. It's a value that has been lost. So truthfulness, uh, you know, is very, very critical. This is what I want. This is what I desire. Uh, don't tell me that, uh, you know, maybe this. No, be very, very straightforward. And it helps, uh, both in business world, uh, in career, in choice of partner, in managing your home, in managing your finances, and every other thing. Uh, these are timeless values that must be treasured. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Um, I want to talk about um, artificial intelligence. Good. Okay, so um, first, I actually want you to like give us a definition of what uh, artificial intelligence is, and and I want to ask, what are the advantages, you know, of things adopting, you know, AI in their everyday um, life? Okay. So, what is artificial intelligence? Just as it sounds, intelligence that is artificial. And what is intelligence? Intelligence is capacity to take in information, reason, process, act, respond in a desired way that we want. You know, that is intelligence. But when all this becomes artificial, it means that we can domicile the capacity to reason, you know, reason, uh, perceive, respond, act, behave into an inanimate object, such that a phone can act like a man, a car can act as if it has intelligence or man, and that is what artificial intelligence is all about. And so the fundamental core of artificial intelligence will make man and machine to collaborate together in reasoning process because machine can reason can infer can judge can perceive can evaluate can act because they rely on multi-point intelligence system based on what we are fed into it and therefore you can process it and then act as simple as a car that okay car take me from here to point b i can put intelligence into that car that can read all the road signs that can read the other cars around using sensors. It knows when to stop. It knows when you see people that look like this, stop. Yeah. When you see a car behind you moving at this pace, move at this pace. If you see a car in front of you moving at that pace, move at that pace. That is where sequence of codes comes in. Yeah. Sequence of codes are sequence of instruction that are built into an inanimate object that allows it to intelligently interpret things based on its body of knowledge and therefore can act or respond. For example, if you see an object like a baby moving like this, stop at this you know, speed. You know, if the weather is changing this way, put on your light. Hmm. If rain is falling and you know this is called rain, then start moving the you know the wiper. That is what intelligence is all about. So the question is there's a lot of things we want to do that as as humans we can't do that. So why not put the capacity in machine? You know, now artificial intelligence is now all over the world. Uh, in China today, one of the biggest TV stations is using uh, AI news, newscaster who can work 24-7. Hmm. They don't need to go to the bathroom. They won't miss any line. So they are always there reading the news, giving information. You know, and, and then there are a lot of information in volumes of book that, you know, as humans, we cannot intelligently extract. Artificial intelligence can do that within milliseconds and bring it. In health, Robotic medicine. Now, a lot of things that we cannot see with our you know, naked eyes, AI can see it and find patterns and say, this is it. Now we talk about what we call personalized medicine. 
with that he knows that for mr a it is the best medical combination for him and it has gone into pharmacology that is the making of drugs which means that the drug that a uses may be different from b may be different from c based on how your dna is configured these are not popular are not possible like that in the traditional medical practice but with artificial intelligence you can actually take care of a person based on who they are based on their dna structure you can prescribe the best drug the best treatment path you need to that individual called personalized medicine that is how powerful it can be and then when you come into financial industry it's a game changer when you can predict trends you know what's going to happen or even in climate study environmental analysis how will our world look like in the next five years ten years how do we address those sustainability issues artificial intelligence has that capacity of course retail is another area you know now amazon has some you know some outlets outside you know in the in in, in us called amazon go where you don't need anybody there just walk in pick anything you want to pick and you go out so the question is how does he recognize who has entered yeah. how does he recognize what you have picked how does he recognize you for payment so as you come in it recognizes you by your face or you can swipe so it recognizes you then as you pick it knows the point where you are because it tracks your movement between the eye and as you walk out it recognizes you and before you leave you get an alert saying this is the total amount yeah. and it links your face to your account and you pay what a world <laughs> so artificial intelligence makes life extremely great in every facet of life uh you know i look at farming for example it's another area where artificial intelligence has, is doing a lot uh Prior to now, when you want to apply uh, fertilizers to farms or pesticide, you just do general broadcast. You just broadcast to everything. But now, you can be more precise because artificial intelligence can take picture of, of every single leaf. There's something called vegetative index and say, oh, this leaf is doing well. It does not need any fertilizer, so I'm not going to fertilize this. This one requires fertilizer. Same for pesticide. That this is infected, this is not infected. So, what could have Taking a thousand now may not may, may only require two hundred, so you have saved eight hundred because you have applied artificial intelligence to how you dispense fertilizer or pesticide or germicide or anything. That is the precision power of artificial intelligence. It's a rich intelligence, and I tell you, it's applicable in all industries, including law, where it's being used to analyze cases that were won, who are the dominant words used, and all that because. Everything is all about aggregated organized intelligence. And, you know, artificial intelligence uh, or the way the machine will learn, what we call machine learning, and it learns both text, it learns numbers, it learns image, it learns sounds, it learns from video, and it brings it all together to help decision making. And that's why AI uh, is going to be one of the biggest, uh, big drive in how humanity advanced to the next level of fulfillment and impact at scale. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Um, about two more questions. Good. Um, what are the evolving career paths that teens can consider in in um, today's world, especially considering the technology age? And what um, counsel can you give give to them to stay ahead in, on the cutting edge? in the digital age so staying ahead is where i'm going to start uh, everybody must know that we are now in the era of what we call the fourth industrial revolution we had the first one we had the second we had the third 
and industrial revolution is where major things shape the world now we're at a era where technology is going to shift our values created and captured so whatever discipline whether is is a professional discipline or even trade you know you're an artisan or whatever it is technology is going to be the foundation of how you create or capture value it's like english language whether you're a doctor whether you're a lawyer whether you're a physicist or engineer everybody must speak in english language in the same way whatsoever is your discipline everything must be technology powered so it does not matter your background everybody must have a penchant to want to know what is the latest thing happening in technology you cannot be digitally shy or else you become digitally backward you must be very intentional because technology will drive what we call digital inclusion because digital inclusion will enable financial inclusion social inclusion and life inclusion so if you are digitally excluded it means that you are cut off from all the opportunities of life irrespective of your educational level so the first fundamental is that everybody must understand you are in an era where you either join the technology revolution or you are out. But the question is, must everybody become computer engineers, computer scientists, AI engineers? No. Technology is an add-on to the fundamental core. So whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a medical doctor, you're an engineer, you must understand that digital skill is an add-on or perhaps is a foundation that you now build on top of. So people must have that open mind a curiosity to learn, willingness to unlearn, relearn, uh, and continuous development. Because technology is such an interesting field where you cannot say I've graduated. Mm. Because what was the cutting edge yesterday becomes still the next morning. Mm. So when you talk about how do you become, how do you remain in the cutting edge, it's because you are continuously studying. So it's gone at those days. I recall a story that. Um, a friend of mine in a Nigerian university who was doing electrical electronic engineering, they had a lecturer who was teaching them. And the lecturer gave them a note to write, you know. And uh, mistakenly, you know, they lost the notes. So the lecturer was so annoyed. So he came to the class. I was shouting at them, where is the note I gave to you? I've been using this note since 1980-something. Ah, that's over 30 something years the same note and you are passing it from one generation to another but in the real world what we know about technology is that it's so fast evolving it's so dynamic uh, what you thought is the biggest thing yesterday and that's why you cannot be in AI world and rely on a degree that you that you took out of school 2-3-4 years ago no the power of surviving in the fourth industrial revolution is continuous development. Open mind to learn continuously. Uh, being in the cutting edge, attending conferences, joining the right groups online, buying the right books, and of course, following trends because trends are shifting so rapidly and you need to be on the cutting edge. Because what often happens is that when you don't know those things, you invest in archaic technology. Companies are investing in technology that have become more born in other parts of the world because they are not in the cutting edge. After you have wasted so much money, you now realize that the entire box that feeds this old house can actually be achieved with something as small as a phone. And, and it comes at a fraction of the cost of the giant building that you have invested in. And that's why 
anybody, young person, adult, or anyone that wants to survive in this current world, must be very intentional, must be very proactive, must stretch themselves. Of course, we can also not take away the place of divine inspiration. That, you know, we, we as Christians, as children of God, we have an added advantage. Advantage that allows us to see beyond others. You know, I always believe in the Daniel factor. You know, the grace to be ten times better. That whatever has taken others ten, we can get hundred of that. Because we leverage uh, the special grace of God by reason of our personal relationship with Christ. And, 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 and it's the spirit that searches all things. And if that spirit dwells in us, it quickens our mortal body to create ideas and solutions that make the world a better place for everyone. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, last question. How can parents position them, themselves to help their teens become tech-enabled and digitally relevant? And how can they also manage the neg- negative incursion of technology? I think I'm going to start from the negative. Uh, and the first thing is to address the fears of everyone. Everything has its pros and cons. When plane came, it has its negative. Uh, when train came, when ship came, everything. Water is good, but if you drink too much water, it can actually kill. Hmm. Yes, too much water. So everything has that boundary. Uh, so parents must be interested in digital because you can only support your child in, in the area where you know about. You understand the boundaries. Hmm. Uh, the reason why you understand that uh, a knife is a risk to your child is the reason why you have to step up and join that child in holding that knife. In the same way, because you know that technology has a negative side, that's the reason why you as a parent must rise up and join your child in that revolution. So you have parents saying they are joining their kids, looking at what they are doing on Facebook, they're tracking them on their phone. There's nothing wrong there. We have a responsibility as parents to put our children under total gravity. So that they are not unruly. So, and if they live 70% of their life online, we must parent online. Hmm. Yes, because that is where they, they, they live. They spend more time online. Then you as a parent, you must also be there. So that you can curtail, you can control them. I remember the story that uh, one of the fathers in Nigerian drama ministry, he actually posted it uh, on his Instagram page. So it's a public knowledge. Uh, Pastor Evangelist uh, Mike Babidoy. He said there was a time that he saw he was somewhere, uh, you know, and he saw the picture of his son looking like uh, on, on uh, social media, looking like uh, like a bling bling uh, distant. He said, no, no, my child cannot look like. Immediately called, no, you, this is not who you are. You have to put this down. You cannot do this. You cannot be seen this way. So parents must be involved, must be, you know, must get into the world of digital uh, and get to know. And interestingly, if they do not know, they must ask people who know. They must ask people who know. Because parenting is no longer the child in your house. The child's house is now e-house. So you must be able to track that child there. Because a child locks himself in a room. You do not even know they are playing games. And it's more worrisome today because most of the games that we see are all corrupted games. You know, just a few days ago, um, you know, uh, the popular uh, character Superman, you know, that a lot of kids grew up with, now as a gay version. Yes. A lot of cartoons that we see are all, they are all infested with, you know, bisexual characters, 
in homosexual behavior. So parents must not just, oh, they are watching cartoon, enjoy your cartoon. Cowards. Most of the games cartoon today are all polluted intentionally. And that is why parents must be very involved. And then the other positive side, which is more on the uh, capacity building, parents must uh, support their children to navigate this path. Uh, we must be open-minded. Uh, I remember when many years ago, if a child is not a doctor, if he's not an engineer or a lawyer, then you have wasted your life. Now there are more opportunities that technology is creating beyond those traditions. Interesting in America, when you look at the ten top jobs, it's not the ones we know as the dominant jobs. So parents must be open-minded to allow their children to experiment. Uh, they must also be willing to make the investment. Um, you know, buying them the tool that they need as the Lord provides. And if they don't have it, they must also be willing to say, okay, X has it, uh, we have that, so go and use theirs, because it's important uh, that the kids are, give, are, are provided that advantage at the early stage of their life, knowing that it's going to be the biggest uh, you know, uh, discriminator of those who will have succeeded and those who may struggle to succeed in life. Mm-hmm. Hence, it becomes a mandate for every parent to stretch themselves beyond measure to make sure that those fundamental tools are available for their children to be able to uh, enjoy the best of digital world. Of course, with caution and boundaries. And that's why uh, a Christian home factor becomes a foundation of building it. We have fear of God, respect for God, you know, things that you must never do on the internet, website that you must not visit. You know, if you meet a new friend on the internet, you must tell your parent. If somebody wants to add you, you must let your mommy and daddy know. If somebody is calling you and you don't know the person, don't have video call with people you do not know. Don't expose your body to strangers online. You know, all those principles are values that parents must intentionally inculcate in their children to help them navigate the complexity of digital world. It's a complex world. Uh, even to the best of parents, it can be confusing. So therefore, uh, the leading of God is also important, even digitally. I tell people, I said, Ephesians 2 verse 2 speaks about the prince of the power of the air. Everything digital or internet is here. So there's a prince of the power of the air. So parents must also understand that warfare uh, is not just uh, physical. There's also digital warfare. Mm. So our, our children do not become corrupted, polluted, and detached from Christ. Because there's so many satanic contents that are all over there uh, for which we must be able to influence our children and build a wall around them that they do not get uh, corrupted or taken away from Christ. That was a great session. Thank you for listening. If this has impacted you in any way, I'm asking you to do a couple of things. The first thing is that you subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications when new episodes come up every weekend. Gather your friends, your family, and be a part of this ministry. You can subscribe on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Podbean, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Breaker, and any other platform. The second thing I will ask you to do is to share. Share this with your friends, with your parents, your teachers, students, and people around you who may find this helpful. This just might be the answer to their prayers. The third thing is that you leave your comments in the comment section as this provides us with feedbacks on how helpful this program has been to you. If you have any questions, 
topics you would like us to address or guests you would like us to bring, please send an email to allthingsthingpodcast at gmail.com and we will be sure to get back to you. I want you to know that we love you and the best days are ahead of you. See you next week.